All right, I hope you've had a blessed Sunday. Today's date, 9-11-2022. What an amazing time to be alive here, folks. We are watching operations underway, specifically talking tonight about Operation Spring Tide, the plan to ascend King Charles to the throne, the plan to roll out this new world order, this changing world order, this reset, restructuring. What a moment in time, and he absolutely was chosen to take the throne at this time. Now, Real briefly, I want to touch on what this theory is that I'm working with right now, which that's all it is, is my speculation, my theory, and I'm not here to give you a thumbs up, thumbs down. Are they good? Are they evil? Are they going to be accepted into heaven? That's not what this program is about. The program is about, you know, how are these events going to impact our lives, the asset classes that, you know, we're looking to invest in, our businesses that we run, our day-to-day job. Are we going to have a job as we go through this recession, as we go through this moment in time? It is truly incredible. We are finally here watching it unfold. But let's talk about what this theory is. In my opinion, King Charles is going to have one of the shortest reigns of anyone who has taken over the throne. He's already well over 70 years of age. You guys can fact check me in the comments. It's like 72, 74. I think it's 74. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. He's over 70. Okay, here's the point. 10 to 20 years once you've waited your whole life to take the throne. Your whole life you've been behind this Queen Elizabeth waiting for her to kick the bucket (laughs) so that you can take power. And not that he's had any sort of struggle in his life, but obviously this is the pinnacle moment, the climax of his life. And he has 10, 20, you know, maybe if he's lucky, maybe if they extend out his life using all the science and technology that they have for the chosen elite, maybe he'll be able to live 30 years and reign for, you know, a good 33 years, maybe. Who knows? The point being is that, you know, he's coming in here at a moment when the system's falling, failing, collapsing, burning down, energy crisis, debt crisis, liquidity crisis, and I can name about half a dozen other crises or more that all tie together this perfect, perfect picture. King King Charles is ascending to the throne. He will be tasked with rolling out this new financial system, seeing through this new world order. Now, the point that I want to make the elite that we're here talking about. It is a spiritual agenda, a military order, and they wield political power to see through the uh, means to their, the ends of their means, what they're trying to accomplish. A spiritual agenda, military order, and a political power that they wield to carry forward this agenda. What's important about the royal family, what we saw unfold here over the past week, is this is the financial capital of the world in the city of London. And as I'm about to show you, the throne, they're playing by a different set of rules, not paying an inheritance tax that us peasants have to pay. We get taxed to death and pay an incredible inheritance tax, which is completely wrong. But the queen and, uh, sorry, the monarchy does not have to participate in that inheritance tax. That is only for the peasants. But this is all part of the financial capital of the world coming from the Rothschilds, from other chosen families uh, that, that are you know, based out of London. And then we have the political power being wielded in D.C. And then we have the spiritual agenda, the uh, religious sector of this uh, order coming from the Vatican. Okay, so those are the three branches of this agenda, of this evil, of this order, of this group of people 
that um, you know are very forthcoming are now very out in the open with what they are trying to achieve. And so I just wanted to give you a little bit of context on why we think this is so important, why King Charles, what role he's going to play, just another actor on this political theater that we're going to see, um, you know, change up the system for sure. Absolutely. Now, is it his doing? Does he understand um, every aspect of this agenda that he's going to be part of? No, he's playing his part. Rosie Rios going to meet with Pope Francis. She calls it a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, these are the people that are changing the world. These are the people that are bringing about order from all of the chaos that we are now living through. In tonight's episode, we're going to go through current events. I'm actually got a few things to touch on with a real estate update, and we will wrap it up as always with our cryptocurrency news. But I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a context, a little bit of a background on, on why this is so important, what took place this last week. And then as you guys know, I'm going to be putting together my uh, Shemitah cycle deep dive that I'm going to be sharing with my Discord members this Saturday. And I'm going so deep on all of the alignments that are taking place, all of the cycles, everything that is c coming uh, together and lining up here over the next few months. It's a inc truly incredible, amazing time to be alive. Uh, the opportunities are here, countless opportunities, but in exponentially growing amount of chaos that is going to burden the common man and woman that is trying to resist this evil. So with that context and background, let's get straight on into our update. I appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. And as always, you can find all of our information over at the website, zachrechter.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, let's get right on into it. We're talking cryptocurrency uh, prices first, 21,800 for your Bitcoin, 1744 for your Ethereum and a 3534 price for your XRP, just under 36 cents. What an amazing opportunity, not financial advice, but I am taking advantage of these cheap prices. You bet. And I still am holding my Bitcoin short. If you're wondering, yes, still in my Bitcoin short, not financial advice. It's actually, uh, you know, down right now by quite a bit, but that is fine. We are still holding because we have conviction on where this market is heading and the events that are about to unfold that are going to take us there. Now, as I mentioned, the queen's personal assets will now be passed down to Charles the third the third. Once he officially takes the throne, due to a special legal clause that aims to avoid erosion of the royal family's wealth, he won't pay the 40% inheritance tax that they have in Great Britain. It's truly incredible. Us peasants, 40% inheritance tax. They are working so hard to take away the wealth of the, the common man who's been able to build something, the man or woman who's been able to build something for their family. It's uh, truly incredible. But we do have programs and we do have plans to avoid this, to work around these issues, these money grants, the, this transfer of wealth where they're trying to take what we're building right now, what we had, what we were passed down from the generations before us. If you were blessed and came into some money, came into something, you know, they're, they're slowly just squeezing us every chance they get. Now, when I talk about military order of this, this is the urgency that they are operating with. King Charles, which I, I, I mean to just call him Charles because I will not be calling him King Charles. Okay, to me, he is Charles. He is another man on this planet living in this reality. And I will give him due respect calling him Charles. And, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. He's not, I, you know, no, no, no. I'm not calling him King. Okay. Uh, I will refer to him as Charles quote. This is him speaking at Glasgow, the climate change conference where they come together, fancy suits, fancy drinks, 
and they act like they're important and they're doing something. But when it all comes down to it, a lot of it is just front-facing BS, political correctness, wokeness, climate change. Make sure that we enforce our will. Uh, let's see through that these peasants own nothing and be happy. While we touch down on the PJs, uh, we fill up the whole airport with our private jets touching down and bringing us to this event. Completely hypocritical, and they don't accomplish a thing. And a lot of the money that they commit never ends up going to these countries. Here on stage, they say, oh, we're committing trillions of dollars to the third world countries to bring them up to speed. None of it ever goes there. And if it does go there, it goes, it goes to corruption. It goes to paid off politicians and paid off companies, backdoor deals. It's completely corrupt. But you guys already know that. We need a vast military style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector, trillions at his disposal, far beyond global GDP. This is Prince, uh, this is Charles opening up at this climate change conference that took place last year in Glasgow. Military style campaign, the strength of the private sector. There is so much money that these folks are hiding that these guys are working with behind the scenes. We have no idea how deep this goes. Trillions at his disposal far beyond global GDP. So we want to tap into the private reserves, the private wealth. This is why they're chosen and why they don't have to pay their inheritance tax because they're such great people making a difference for the world and taking care of us, us peasants. That's why they don't have to pay that 40% inheritance tax. Moving to the war front, breaking Russian cruise missile strikes the electricity grid of the Kharkiv region. Now, quick clarification. It's being reported that this is a Russian cruise missile. Anything that we get out of this uh, region, it is very tough to verify. And I don't do the Russia did this, Ukraine did this. I pray for peace and let's see where the chips may fall. Let's see what unfolds. But it's hard to get good and solid information out of this region. But nonetheless, this is why it doesn't matter. When the false flag events come to this country too, it's not going to matter. Just like on this date, 9-11. No matter who it was, inside job or not, whatever your conspiracy theory is, doesn't matter because real lives are affected, real people are sacrificed. In this instance, total blackout reported in the Kharkiv region. Okay, so it's being reported out of Ukraine. We will continue to watch this one. Uh, the point here is the, the battle over there in that region is ramping up right now once again. It kind of died down there for a little bit, but with Ukraine trying to launch the counteroffensive, trying to get back these regions in the east, you're about to see Putin and his army lay it down as well. So it is heating up. Uh, we pray that no further innocent lives are lost, and we pray for peace. May we uh, avoid further conflict. May we avoid World War, World War III. But we know the agenda, we know the hidden hand at work behind the scenes. But we'll continue to watch the situation as it unfolds, okay? European energy crisis. France sends power alert to the UK and Spain after trading air. Asking them to be ready to send as much electricity as possible. Again, 2022 is a tragic comedy. This is from Gold Telegraph. Now, bringing it back to the United States, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says that Americans could experience a spike in gas prices in the winter when the European Union significantly cuts back on buying Russian oil. 
Now, obviously, this is a global market with, you know, implications worldwide when issues like this are taking place. But to me, obviously, this is all done by design. It does not have to be this way. We have strategic petroleum reserves that they're depleting as we speak, that they're using up, uh, should not be done. We also shouldn't be shutting down the refineries, the operations that are here in the United States. We do have a supply here as well. Um, but then also, once again, when I talk energy crisis, I don't do... I don't play around because at the end of the day, we know what energy they are hiding from the public. There's no reason that we still need to be living in this current energy paradigm, but that's a whole hour long plus discussion on that issue. But if you're wondering why I don't go along with the woke green new deal build back better agenda, it's because it's a bunch of bullshit and we have free energy technologies behind the scenes that they've kept suppressed forever. And even if you don't go that far with it, you know, these oil companies have been often the dudes that come up with hydropower vehicles and all that BS. But like I said, that's a whole other hour long rant. We don't got time to get into that tonight's episode. The point being is that they're setting us up for an energy crisis here in the United States as well. You can't charge your vehicle, your electric vehicle now because the grids are shutting down in California and other states experiencing outages as well. Go back to Texas last winter. What's going to be happening this winter again? We are not much further away. Um, now, we've also saw the issues that took place during the summer, increased uh, drought. And uh, what we're seeing now in my region in the Pacific Northwest is we're finally getting some smoke from the wildfires as well. So we do have issues right now, but we're seeing that uh, lining up for this winter time, not only in Europe, but in the United States as well, the energy crisis, we're going to see that uh, get a little bit worse. So be prepared. Janet Yellen, Janet, no telling Yellen is warning you, you have no excuse not to be prepared. When Janet says, uh, you know, it's the real deal. I also want you guys to watch this one. U.S. freight railroads will reduce service starting Monday after two of the largest rail unions failed to agree to a contract. I mean, the supply chain crisis, it's, it's one thing. It's workers, it's union agreements, it's shortage of this, shortage of that. Whether it's done by design or not, whether the 9-11 was a conspiracy or not, whether, whether all these events are some evil agenda or not, they are real. People get sacrificed. You are going to be caught up in this, and I want you guys to be prepared. And I don't know how, what extent this will have with the U.S. freight railroads, but we already know there's a lot of the, the resources and commodities that we need every day that moves by train. Whether that's oil, natural gas, diesel, coal. You guys already know the deal, so we're going to be watching this one very, very closely. One of the few channels I feel like that's actually been covering the energy crisis in nearly every single live stream because it's so damn important. You guys have to understand and be prepared. Your crypto is not going to matter. Whatever assets you've accumulated will not matter if you cannot feed your family, if you are not prepared to ride out a storm. They're sending us through it whether we like it or not, whether you want to agree it's an evil agenda or not, whether it's a conspiracy theory or not. It's real. And you're seeing it at the pump, you're seeing it at the grocery store, and you're going to see it when you're paying your electricity utility bills as well. Unbelievable the comments that I am getting out of Europe of the people with real stories commenting saying that their last 500 bucks has to go towards their electricity bill. Truly unbelievable. Now, let's get back to this. In America, what they have lined up for us, truly incredible. Um, I'm not going to read off this tweet from XRP Farrell. You guys can take a look at what he's talking about here. But um, he, he, I'm, I'm just going to skip the part that he says about Biden. But right here, the real life purge coming to Illinois is 2023. Stay safe out there. Folks, 
We have already been talking about this, right? About how this is a purge-like situation in the inner cities of America. Now what you're about to see in the uh, state of Illinois, I guess this is statewide. I don't know if this is in a particular county or statewide, but it looks like this is suggesting that it is statewide. Illinois' non-detainable offenses beginning January 1st, 2023. Aggravated battery, aggravated DUI, fleeing, arson, burglary, drug-induced homicide, intimidation, kidnapping, robbery, second-degree murder, and threatening a public official are no longer uh, or or now non-detainable offenses. So they will not be arrested. They will be, maybe, I don't, I don't even know if they take them in or not. Maybe they just put the handcuffs on them, take down their information, give them a court date and set them free. I don't even know if they take them back to process them anymore. It's probably just slap the handcuffs on them while they fill out the paperwork and then send them on their way. They're, do, they're, they're doing this in other states as well. But to this level, we have not seen it to this level yet. And this is the purge in the inner cities. And, and, and it's really farther than that. I'm not trying to beat up the cities. Obviously, the cities have their own issues and struggles that you're seeing. But primarily, you're seeing this in uh, states where they're just letting the criminals run free. Uh, in Washington state, they are no longer pursuing criminals. If, if, they, uh, if no one's life is threatened. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm summarizing this just to help everyone understand the situation here. In, in my state, Washington state, they no longer will pursue you if no one's life is being threatened. So if you, you know, did a robbery, you did something where no one's life was threatened and you evade the scene, they have the order to no longer pursue. So not only are we not even going to detain them and take their info, we are letting them go free. We're not even going to charge them with a crime. Don't even pursue. So this is the situation in America as we've only started the recession. So I want you guys to think and visualize what the situation, what our world looks like, what our existence reality looks like down the road here. As this recession gets worse, as people get more desperate to feed their family, keep the lights on, heat the house. May God be with us. Now, next article. And I had to back this up, back to back. So first we got the purge going live in Illinois. And then we got this, Visa. The world's largest payments processor said it will implement a new merchant category code for U.S. gun retailers, which will identify transactions at firearms stores. So before we even get to programmable money, CBDCs, where they can you know, turn off your ability to buy because you're a bad citizen and you don't behave yourself, or whatever their plan is for CBDCs, before we even get there, we're already here with Visa, gonna be identifying transactions at the firearm stores. So they're gonna be tracking it all. And this is where I just, you know, could you say that I've given up? Well, yeah, but I have nothing to hide and I know where they're going and I want to work against it. I wanna speak out against it, but without a doubt their agenda moving forward is to be able to track everything that they wanna track. And every piece of data has some sort of value in this uh, system in this new quantum financial system, in this new beast system, whatever you want to call it, whether you think it's the best thing ever, that this is the greatest awakening, we're all about to get Jasara Nasara checks and be free and prosperous forever, or you think it's uh, the, the, the worst evil. Either way, we're seeing what the plan is, we're seeing them move forward. Okay. So you got to prepare yourselves accordingly, right? Um, 
Once again, Washington State, they tried to pass a law that you had to get a background check to even hand down, inherit a gun in our state. Your father passes away. You got to go get a background check to inherit the shotgun. This is how, this is crazy. I'm going to hold my, back my comments because of the sensitivity of these topics, but you guys already know the deal. Okay, let's continue on. <laughs> Another sensitive topic that apparently we can't talk about in America, which is securing our damn elections. How about we have a legitimate country? Former Virginia election official hit with felony charges linked to 2020 election. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, but let me, before the fact checkers hit me with this, let me tell you that it is being reported that this had no outcome on the election whatsoever. That is the direct quote basically from this article. And uh, from, from whoever broke this story and is reporting this, they're saying that this had no, I think it's actually from the official uh, elections office or, or whoever, um, you know, basically wherever this person was, she was part of the election committees, whatever. They are reporting just for all the fact checkers out there that this had no outcome on the election. So as I just tweeted out, we understand that there wasn't widespread fraud, right? All the fact checkers, they're still telling us almost a year later, I still see it on the side of Twitter, fact check. There was no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Okay, well, if it wasn't widespread, that still means that we had some. So we probably should look into it. And it looks like we are starting to, and people are getting charged with, I think in this case, three felonies. All I'm saying is let's let all truth be revealed and let's have fair and free elections and understand where our vote is going. Truly incredible that we can't even talk about this issue here on these platforms, isn't it? Now, let's get into our real estate update. Thank you so much for tuning in. I see we have over 400 with us in the chat tonight. I do appreciate all of you guys so much. James Butler says, most secure election in American history. Yes, before the fact checkers come at us, let's just say that. Yes, I'm sure Donald Trump lost when it's all tallied, when we investigate everything, when all truth is revealed, I'm sure he lost the election. Let's continue on. Thank you so much, guys. If you haven't already smashed that thumbs up, let's get on that. Okay, thank you. Wall Street Silver reporting, no mortgage insurance requirement, no income information, no stress test. Just 2008 on steroids. Citi, one of the most recent lenders and banks to expand programs to help diverse communities reach transformational home ownership milestone. Here's who qualifies. If you check the right box, uh, you will be getting into these programs here. No mortgage insurance requirement, no income information, no stress test. Now we saw out of Bank of America, what was it? No closing costs, no down payment. All you gotta be able to is check a few boxes. And um, yeah, I was telling my wife, I said, we gotta look into some of these programs too. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't even say anything further than that, but let me, I'll just, let me continue on before I uh, get in trouble here. But yeah, let me, let me just say that um, what an amazing opportunity. Or are we just repeating 2008 once again, all the numbers, all the data reflecting the, the, the same situation that uh, we were in in 2008, but we're just now starting to see these programs roll out. Another key point to understand too is that the market didn't bottom out until about, or sorry, we didn't hit peak foreclosures until I think 2010 in the United States. Don't, don't quote me exactly on that, but go check for yourselves. Two to three years into the crisis is when we hit peak foreclosures, okay? 
Um, and, and so real estate is slow moving, okay? But what we're about to see here is uh, getting a little dicey already with a macroeconomic situation that's set up to get a whole lot worse. Let's check this out. Phoenix factoid. Turns out there's a huge difference between the number of houses listed for sale depending on the size of the house. This, uh, he's showing some Phoenix MLS single family non-distressed houses for sale. 1,000 to 2,000 square feet is the, uh, they're, they're having way more of those houses for sale. I think 7,000 listings, 1,000 to 2,000 square feet. Now, what was interesting to note is uh, this person down here, Jeffrey Daniels chimes in. He says, uh, plus or minus 1,500 square foot house uh, built in the 1990s, no pool, no HOA, seemed to be the target iBuyer investor asset. Now they're all scared of ROI. I, I think that that is kind of the, the main point there is what you're seeing that has been confirmed here in the Cromford report uh, is that basically the iBuyers, the hedge funds, the investor class was looking for that type of real estate. Uh, you know, basically what he just said there 1990s build 1500 square feet plus or minus some right and uh no pool no h no hoa simple straightforward single family residence right uh cromford report we just recorded the largest ever year over year percentage increase in the rate of new rental listings there were 3449 active rental listings Excluding short-term rentals yesterday, this is up 149% from the same date last year and up 15% from a month ago. Now, here's where they're chiming in with the explanation. Let me uh, apologize. i got to wipe my sweat here. A little toasty out here in the Northwest. A little hazy today. So, it says, quote, clearly, the rental market is going through some big changes if so many landlords are feeling the need to list their homes on ARMLS to find a uh, tenant. In a strong rental market, most landlords don't bother since they can usually find a tenant without going through the MLS listing. So there's been way more people listing their house for rent on the MLS, which they're suggesting means that it's a little bit more of a uh, desperate market for the landlords, a little bit more competition, and people are being a little bit more hesitant on signing on new leases at the prices that these landlords were trying to squeeze. Once again, uh, they do wanna create a renter nation. That is kind of the long-term plan and vision that they have for uh, the United States and for this uh, you know, transfer of wealth here is to get all these people out. And, and what you're seeing is that the iBuyers, the investor class, they're all now offloading their, their properties because they were getting some returns. They weren't incredible but it was, it was enough that they could justify the allocation to single family residences, okay? We can go buy up whole neighborhoods. We can go buy up in these cities. We put in our algorithms and it all makes sense, right? And it all checked out for five, 10% appreciation year over year. You're gonna be cash flowing just a little bit ROI and it's all gonna be fine and dandy. When you got billions of dollars to allocate, it's fine because at that point you're just trying not to lose money and even a five to 10% return is more than enough for your investors, pensions, whatever you have that you need to allocate this money for. Uh, but now that we're starting to see the, the, the market reverse, they're starting to offload these assets and that is why we're seeing so many go online while we're seeing the rental market get a little bit more competitive actually in some of these markets 
And then as uh, this guy, housing bubble disrespecter has to say, so many real estate twit uh, bros, real estate Twitter bros, buying two caps last year, underwriting 15% annual rent increase for three or more years, about to be negative 15% decreases. Yeah, so you know whether it's real estate Twitter bros or it's the hedge funds and the iBuyers and the you know all these uh, Zillow uh, companies that bought up all of this real estate, they were buying at two caps, five caps, and they were thrilled. They were beyond thrilled. I know in my market, four caps was a good deal. And every single in every single property that that uh, I saw all these agents post, it was all with like the headline investor alert investor opportunity and they're at four caps and i'm just thinking like what what are we doing here four cap in and and this is in an up market right this this is good and and you know for some people it makes sense for the bigger buyers hedge funds when they got to allocate that type of money that's fine uh but what we're seeing is this thing's flipped and a lot of people had their expectations um let's just say missed expectations have missed earnings have missed as, as as housing bubble disrespector says they were underwriting these deals at a 15% annual rent increase and and housing bubble disrespector here is commenting on the post that i just shared with you earlier about clearly the rental market is going through some big changes if the landlords are feeling the need to list their homes on the MLM, mls so there there you have this is showing right that uh they were underwriting these deals for annual rent increases year over year, 10, 15%. And now we're starting to see that the, the market's starting to cool off. They've underwritten all these deals at just ridiculous numbers. Two cap with 15% increase year over year, that ain't happening anymore. It's not the same market, pal, right? Uh, for me, this is an incredible opportunity for those of you who are in real estate or are looking to get in. It's an incredible uh, opportunity here that we have with real estate. I want you guys to... Uh, if you haven't already, you can come on into our Discord group where we've done real estate classes on uh, just that, buying and investing in real estate. And then we are also looking at all the other asset classes as well. But if you're looking to get tapped in and get someone that has programs and uh, you know information to share to help you get into these asset classes, if you've been considering becoming a first-time home buyer, or if you already have some assets, you already have some real estate, we have been having multiple sessions in our Discord group where we're talking about what people are doing, house hacking, um, developing, building, and um, we, we have people of all walks of life in there too, so that just brings more value to the group as well. Now, moving on into our cryptocurrency, let's get straight on into it. Watcher Guru is reporting over 500 million new investors are projected to buy crypto by 2030, HSBC report reveals. So, we have a massive amount of people that are looking to invest. What's not mentioned here is that we're going to have billions of people using CBDCs. We're going to have the whole world moving digital. And not so yes, we have 500 million new investors projected to buy crypto as an investment opportunity, which obviously is a bullish trend for the space. But we're also going to be having billions of people using CBDCs by 2030. That's my predict pr prediction. Okay? Uh, let's check out this next one. Quick update. Yes, actually, we do need to talk about this very important update on the XLS20 update for NFTs. Uh, RippleITIN.NZ on Twitter sharing as a follow up to the post down below, which is Vitse Vin saying that they are uh, looking to amend this upgrade for XRP NFTs. So 
Vitae Vin has removed support for the XLS20 amendment on the XRP Labs validator. And he says that they will add support again if this issue has been addressed. So we have Ripple it in who says, I have just uh, issued a veto to this amendment, which has effectively brought the votes below the threshold and stopped the timer. So as of this recording, this is breaking news for everyone uh, that took place not too long ago, just here earlier today, a uh, couple hours ago, this is breaking. The XRP NFT update has been halted. It will not be taking place on the 13th. At the time of this recording, we do not have the votes. We do not have the threshold. Now, quick points on this. If Vitse Vin, who we trust, he built Zum Wallet and works at XRPL Labs, which is not affiliated with Ripple, but is just building on XRP. Uh, we, we, we love this guy. Ripple ITIN, another developer, another person running a node on the XRP ledger, has issued a veto as well. We trust these guys. These are incredibly smart guys. If they found something in the upgrade that was an issue, I trust them that this is important enough that we need to halt this, we need to fix this. We want it to be a smooth rollout and we don't wanna have any issues. I'm not gonna get into what the issue was. I think it was like you could mint unlimited tokens and create unlimited currencies on top of it or something like it. I, I don't know. You guys can go look it up later if you're really that interested in it. But the point being is that the update has been halted and the key point that I want to reiterate is that this is proving how the XRP ledger is decentralized, which is so important. As we're about to have Gary Gensler go in front of Congress, as we're about to have the Ethereum 2.0 unregistered security rollout take place, the XRP ledger is showcasing the decentralized nature of how this network is validated, confirmed, and upgraded. So unlike the ETH merge, where it's basically all being ran from the top down, the Ethereum Foundation down, consensus Joseph Lubin down, the XRP ledger is not ran from the top down by Ripple. It is ran by the community of developers that are confirming this network. And yes, Ripple does run a handful of the validators, right? And they have, uh, you know, picked and kind of helped pick and get some people, I think, on board for running nodes that have a business use case utility to a, a reason to verify and validate the network. Right, and, and that is what we wanna see. It takes 80% consensus to upgrade the network and it must be held for two weeks. So just to simplify this for everyone, uh, unless this gets changed, then we will not have the threshold, the upgrade will not happen. And I don't know what the timeline would be for restarting that clock, but um, it looks like at the time of this, uh, we have stopped the timer, so. Ripple ITIN says, I have always said that the integrity of the network is first and foremost, thus the change. And that's exactly it. They have made this. Uh, the, the integrity of the network is absolutely there. They're not doing anything that's going to mess this thing up. And what's so important is that they built this thing out for scalability, utility, and speed and efficiency first. Now we update all of the more complicated issues, smart contracts, NFTs, and when we come to the NFT space, we're gonna be doing it right. And it ain't gonna be pudgy penguin games. It's gonna be real deal, getting deals done, smart contracts utilizing the XRP ledger. It's gonna be incredible. Not only are you going to have that function, but you're gonna be able to source liquidity from the, most, uh, fr from the best decks, one of the most liquid decentralized exchanges and networks that exist on this planet, the XRP ledger. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. So although this is a slight 
um, you know, kind of bummer to see, kind of sucks to see a delay. I think that they're doing it for the right reasons, and I completely trust these folks that are validating and working on the XRP ledger. Now, moving on over, Eleanor Tarrant, quick update. We have a big week in crypto ahead, folks. 913 and 914 Blockworks Digital Asset Summit. Okay, so that's going to be big. On 915, and I don't know why they're doing this. This is so stupid. On 915, they have the CFTC, the head of the CFTC, Benman, is going to be testifying before the Senate AG. And Gary Gensler testifies before the Senate Banking Committee, both at 10 a.m. Why they would do it at the same time is beyond me. Okay. Why they can't do this at separate times so that we can all watch because everyone should be tuning in for this. This is the time to hold um, these guys accountable from the CFTC and the SEC. And we are waiting for anyone in Congress to stand up to these people that have pushed forward this Ethereum free pass monopoly and held back crypto innovation in this country. Yes, we're kind of bent out of shape because of the Ethereum free pass and all that nonsense and the fact that the SEC went after Ripple. But the underlying point is that they're holding back this country from entrepreneurs being able to build businesses that are going to change lives. They're, they're going to solve big problems that really matter for humanity. Now on 916, the Ethereum merge to proof of stake is supposed to be taking place as well. So we're going to be watching that incredible week ahead. Okay. Um, now let's move on over to the next one here. Yes, of course, Jeremy Hogan sharing that the Chamber of Digital Com, uh, what is it? Uh, the Chamber of, what is it called? The Digital Chamber of Commerce. That's what it is. Perianne Boring has finally chi chimed in here, the founder of this group, and they are going to be submitting their filing uh, into the XRP Ripple lawsuit. Okay. Jeremy Hogan says the chamber is waiting into the Ripple versus SEC case a little bit late, but better late than never, I guess. Expect something similar to what is filed in the Telegram case. And the argument is that although the sale of XRP might have been as a security earlier on, the token itself in today is not inherently a security. Similar to John Deaton, just not as compelling. I love how he throws that in because John Deaton has been making the best case along with Jeremy Hogan, James Flan. Huge shout out to the lawyers that have been covering this thing the whole way through, helping break this down for gentlemen like myself that have no idea what all this legal jargon is about and trying to understand why these cases have to have so many delays and get pushed back and back and back. And now we finally have this group that says they you know, basically are representing the whole crypto digital currency space. Finally. Uh, chiming in and participating in this Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. So, okay, we'll be watching that unfold. We have key dates coming up at summary judgment briefs are due on the 13th in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit as well. Now, quick point, I wanted to go back on this. Anders, reminding everyone how this party got started. David Schwartz, Jed McCaleb, Arthur Brito, creating the XRP ledger. But Schwartz didn't gift himself XRP. He took a salary at Ripple and bought XRP on the secondary market, a coin he himself was part of creating. I think that David's a genius. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. That's why he's not involved in this case at all. I don't know, you know, I have my speculations why Jen McCaleb's not involved and also Arthur Brito, the, the, um, the masked man that we've never been able to even see. Like you can find a couple pictures of Arthur Brito, like three pictures that have been taken of this guy in the last 10 years. I mean, we have no idea who Arthur Brito is really. Uh, but nonetheless, 
Brad and Chris, once again, uh, they were able to get some XRP. And then Schwartz, David Schwartz, did not gift himself any XRP. He took a salary from Ripple and then bought XRP off the secondary market. I think he knew what he was doing by doing so. And um, once again, it doesn't bother me really with what Chris, Brad, and team did and paying themselves out, Jed McCaleb, Arthur Brito. It doesn't really bother me because in the end, I think that these guys want to see the XRP. I mean, Brad says the XRP is the heartbeat of Ripple. And so I'm not worried about what they're doing with their XRP. I'm not worried that they were compensated for building something that's going to change humanity in such a positive way once this is all done. So I, I have no problem with that. Now, Nagato, Crypto Nagato on Twitter says, it always fascinates me how the, heart, the, how the herd loses interest in crypto at the worst possible time and then again gains back that interest at the worst possible time. Every single cycle, they will never learn. So basically what he's saying is that during bear markets, when everyone should be actually excited about the opportunity to acquire these assets, build your portfolios, build a position, that is when everyone's losing interest. And you're seeing it from the influencers. The influencers all gone into hiding, right? And uh, during the worst possible times, which is the bull run, that's when everybody's FOMOing into XRP. At the family barbecues, I had people telling me, you know, what, what's up with this XRP thing? I, I picked up some Shiba. I picked up some Dogecoin. What the hell are you talking about on that TikTok deal with XRP? That's the conversations I was having over the last uh, year during the bull market, right? And you guys saw the nonsense that was taking place on Twitter, uh, sorry, TikTok, where I come from. This whole party, this whole media operation of content creation started on TikTok, and then we've migrated all over here to YouTube. The absurdity that we saw, and, and in fact, I'm not even going to name names, but there's a certain kid who, um, you know, we exposed last year as one of the biggest NFT rug pullers and one of the biggest shill groups known out there. You guys already know who I'm talking about. He just posted another video the other day talking about how now is a great time to get back into XRP because they're most likely going to win the lawsuit and utility cryptos are going to do well during the next bull run. Where have you been? Oh, that's right. You were paid to shill shit to your audience all last year, all last bull run. And so that's why you said, oh, I'm no longer, you know, I'm not really into XRP anymore. Yeah, it might hit five, 10 bucks. I just don't think it's worth it. I've sold off some XRP so I can buy this pile of shit over here. Oh yeah, I'm reallocating into this NFT project that was a rug pull, $2.6 million rug pull. And that's just one guy. And I could run a whole channel on just exposing all these guys, but I don't have time for it. And if you're wondering, I don't take checks from any of these guys. We've never done a paid promotion deal for any cryptocurrency project, period, full stop. And we've never done any paid promotion for anyone, period. What we do over here is we talk about our programs, our strategies, and what we're implementing in real time, full transparency. And you guys are seeing it as we break this situation down. Operation Spring Tide. Let's tie this whole thing back together for you guys in conclusion. Folks, what they are doing is as this system falls apart, they announce the death of the queen. Did she die last week? I don't know. Probably not, but it doesn't matter. The point being, as the old world collapses, the symbolism that we see here is the old world's collapsing, fading away, passing away. May she rest in peace, I guess. Now we are going to see Charles taking over the throne 
and his operation is specifically called spring tide, which is based off of the king tides that you see during the spring. And I think that the deeper meaning here, where I'm going to tie this conspiracy speculation theory all together for you guys, is I believe that we're about to see the worst of the debt liquidity crisis and everything that they are unleashing and the controlled demolition that's going to be taking place over the next few months will be brought back to life. We will have a spring rush of liquidity as they reboot and rebuild, reset, restructure, reevaluate, revalue all assets and the whole damn system coming this spring and next year. So we are about to be pushed through hell for the next couple months through chaos uh, while they roll out the end of the Shemitah cycle rolling into the election. Going to be truly incredible. Okay, the queen has passed. London Bridge has fallen. But now we're about to see Operation Spring Tide in motion. And like I finished up by talking about here, Crypto Negato saying that everyone loses interest at the best time, which is right now. The best time to acquire these assets, the best time to start your business, the best time to build or reallocate your real estate portfolio is right now. If you haven't already, you can head on over to my website, get in touch with me over there. You can sign up for our Patreon and get access to the Discord group. This Saturday on the 17th of September, I'm going to be dropping one of my most important videos I've ever made, the most important pieces of content I've ever made. Because of the sensitivity of the topics and because of the in-depth uh, issues that we're going to be talking about, I have to share it exclusively in my Discord group. You can get access over at my website, ZachRector.com, okay? And I'm going to be sharing that on this next Saturday. We do a weekly call every Saturday in my Discord group. This Saturday, I'm going to be dropping the Shemitah Cycle Deep Dive, and it's going to be truly incredible. One of the most important pieces of work I think I'll ever have put out. And because of the urgency, the timing of this makes it even that much more critical, that much more important. But as always, I appreciate everyone who supports this channel, who smashes that thumbs up, and who shares this content. Thank you, and God bless you all. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care, and God bless.